service sometimes. Amen. And so um, my just got three or four things rolling around um, that I believe the Lord wants to say tonight. And so no telling what we may do. But um, hallelujah. Just trying to figure out where to start. It's a uh, hallelujah because I got it. I got it. But it's like, OK, where do we start? Um, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Well, just to pick up where on some of the things Pastor was saying this morning, we kind of talked about it a little bit this morning, but uh, one of the things Pastor was talking about, what was the name of your sermon? How to Get a Full Supply. And, of course, was talking over in the area of finances and and uh, things like that. And, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit began, was talking while he was preaching. You know, that he's supposed to do that. <laughs> he's supposed to talk to you while the pastor's preaching. That's the idea. Y'all catch that, right? And so uh, he was speaking some things, and a uh, pastor said, God is in business to get business done. And when he said that, the Holy Spirit spoke up and said, the kingdom is a business, and God is in business to get business done, and he needs some sons that believe in the company. And uh, we, we, we were talking about that and discussing it in the prayer room, how uh, you need to believe in the company you work for, especially now if you're just a, you know, a minimum wage and you're just there and, and you know if that one doesn't work out, you'll go to the next one. But if you're one of the CEOs, if you're, one in, the, if you're in the higher ups of a company, you need, especially if you're making an investment, if you're, you're investing all that you have, like we are in the kingdom of God. If you're investing all that you have and investing all of your time and investing uh, all of the extra stuff while everybody else is at Lake Tus Tuscaloosa and, uh, and, you know, our neighbor, he's a, he's a, he's a full-fledged heathen. I mean, 100%. He's 100% heathen, huh? Bonafide, 100% heathen. And I'm not telling you which one. Got people living all around us. But anyway, but this one we can just tell. <laughs> and I mean, he's real. He's the nicest neighbor we got. He is good to us. If we leave our trash can out there, three hours, he'll be out there. If he's home, he'll be out there pulling our trash can up. I mean, he, he's really nice to us. I mean, some heathens are really nice. And, uh, and he is a really nice guy, but he, you just tell he wouldn't know God. He does not know God at all. And, uh, uh, what was I going to say about him? Well, he's always gone. He's always gone racing. He's always gone racing. I mean, he's just got a, he's just got a whole nother life. Things that we would never ever have time for. Why? Because we've just given, we have given a hundred percent to the kingdom of God. And so if you're going to, and, and you know, some of these business, Pastor talked about Walmart this morning, he talked about Home Depot this morning. And those guys that started those companies, they had to give a hundred percent. They didn't get to work 40 hours when they first started out. I mean, they didn't have, they were, they were living, they were living on nothing. Uh, I was reading about that lady, Jan Carone. I don't know, anybody heard of Jan Carone? She wrote that series, the Mitford series. It's Christian 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm in here. Well, anyway, she wrote this big series of books about, and it, these are famous. They were on the New York Times bestseller list, every one of them. And they're about an Episcopal priest in North Carolina. And uh, they're, they're Christian fiction, and but but hit the New York Times bestseller list. Christian fiction, every one of them. She, you can tell she's baptized in the Holy Ghost. You couldn't be that smart if she wasn't, and because everyone just gives glory to God in them, and and uh, has the plan of salvation kind of hidden in every one of them. And some Episcopals don't even know there is a plan of salvation. I know because I mean we got family that are Episcopalians. And uh, anyway, and uh, but anyway, so this is uh, this is just an awesome series. But she uh, quit her job and just decided to do that and to go and. And to just, uh, she didn't even know what she was going to write. She didn't know what book she was going to write or anything. And uh, so somebody asked her, so she's got this long series now. I mean, I was talking about nine, nine or ten books long. And uh, she is just rolling in it, let me tell you. She is rolling in it. But she was somebody asked her because the books are just, they're, they're just real southern. They're real neat. And, and all the books are full of food. I mean, she's always talking about Esther's marmalade cake and, and everything and all this. And just, you know, and, and uh, Stella brought her pot pie and all this. Now, I know y'all, I'm getting somewhere with this, so don't get bored. <laughs> And so somebody asked her, Jan, you know, why are your books all full of food? She said, because I wrote them hungry. She said, when I got started doing this, I quit my job. I didn't even know what I was going to write. And I had this little vision of an Episcopal priest walking down the street of a little southern town. And she said, I got that little vision. I just sat down. And she, when she sat at her typewriter, she didn't even know what was going to happen to these characters. And she said, there was no groceries in the pantry when she was writing these books. There was no groceries in the pantry. And she said she learned to make chicken bone soup. And that's after you have eat the chicken, you take the bones and you boil them some more. And she said there's, there, there, that's where the flavor is, is in the bones. A lot of people know that, right? And uh, the flavor's in the bones, right? Right. Right. You don't know. Flavors in, you don't suck bones? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyway, the flavor's in the bones. Amen. Anyway, so she would uh, boil these bones, and she said that's why there was food in her books is because she wrote them hungry. She invested everything she had because she believed in it. And that's how we are in the kingdom. We have invested all that we have, all that we have. There might be a few in here, but not many in here even have, we've put, we put all our treasure in heaven. All our extra cash is not in stock options. It's in the kingdom of heaven. It, our treasure is in heaven. We've invested all we have here in the kingdom because why? We believe in the company. We believe in the company, which made me think, uh, as we talked about it in the prayer room, of Acts, um, Acts uh, 4.23. Had to say all that to say this. Hallelujah. So these people that have started these companies, and you know, we go, oh, you know, I wish I was, I, I wish I was them, but they invested, they took big risks. They took huge risks, and we've taken, you know, we have taken, all of us, I'm talking about all of us in here, we have taken a huge risk in this kingdom because we believe in it. 
Well, I mean, we, we believe so much that I tell you, if Jesus tarries, me and pastor are in trouble. Or, or we're going to have to, boy, we are, no, we're just live by faith. Because I don't know, y'all don't know this, probably don't know this, but ministers can opt out of Social Security. So we opted out, we opted out many years ago of Social Security so we could put all that we had in the kingdom. So instead of paying Social Security, we just put it in the church. We've just put it in, we put it in Seminole. We put it in here, so we can't get 65. <laughs> Besides all that, I don't know about you, but Granny and Grand Grand lived on a thousand a month, and I'm just not a thousand a month girl. <laughs> Why I gotta go get my nails done? <laughs> Amen. I do. I got to get my nail, you know, and I'm just not a thousand dollar a month girl. And I'll tell you something. Let me tell you something. This is going to help you. This will help you because it helped me. Pastor Webb said it to me one time. It's easier to believe God for more than it is to believe God to cut back. So at that point, I quit trying to believe God to cut back. Believing, oh, I'm just believing we can cut back this. See how, let's see how we can cut back. No, let's see how we can believe God to have more next month. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to get this all said, and I know it's kind of coming out, uh, 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 but that's all right. Amen. Acts 4.23, and being let go, and being let go, this is when Peter and John, uh, let's see, uh, mm -hmm, they were getting in trouble for preaching the gospel. And, you know, they arrested them and they were threatening them and told them not to preach anymore in that name. And then in Acts 4.23, And being let go, they went to their own company. And went to their own company. See, this, this kingdom, it's a company. It's a company of believers. And we better believe in the company. We better believe in it. Be sold. You can't get halfway in and get anything out of it. You can't have a one toe in and you won't get the same benefit that you do if you get all the way in. And we're that company of believers. Uh, and then, um, <clears throat> hallelujah, one of the things that's going to help us, and this is, I'm, I'm kind of preaching several sermons, but let me get there, uh, is um, we got to get over into joy. Now, this morning in the prayer room, that's how God led us was to, pre to pray on joy. We didn't know the children's ministers were ministering. Both, both churches, fruit of the Spirit. Y'all saw your kids come home with oranges today. You know, fruit of the Spirit, and they were preaching on joy. We didn't know that. We didn't know that until we got to the prayer room tonight. But the God's, God's leading us. There's a, we're, we, it, you know, you're, the key, you're, the answer to your problem is to get in joy. Hallelujah. You say, well, you know, God needs to do something to make me happy then. Well, no, he already did. He put, he put, he put joy on the inside of you. And if you look over in Galatians 5.22, it says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and then a bunch of other things. And we know Romans says that the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. When you got saved, you got the love of God in your heart. When you got saved, you got joy. You've got joy right down on, I don't care. You may feel depressed or oppressed tonight. You may, your feelings, 
Your emotions may say you're discouraged. Your emotions may things say things are bad. But your way out is to reach down on the inside where the joy is and, and start acting on that joy. Hallelujah. Start being joyful. Start being joyful and acting on what's on the inside. And you don't have to feel it. You don't have to feel it to act on it. That's what faith is for. That's what faith is for. Is to act on joy when you don't feel joy. To act on love when you don't feel love. When you want to slap somebody instead of saying something nice. Boy, I tell you, there was a little lady this week. And she said, and she didn't know me from Adam. And I was in the store. And we, she was just a customer. And I didn't, we were just standing there. And she said something real ugly to me. I, and, and she was just a little old lady. I wanted to say, woman, you're rude. And I, I, I did, after she left, I said, I will not receive that. I don't take her voice into my I mean, she, gave, she spoke something critical of me. She told me, she didn't know me from anything. And she said something critical about me. It was just the devil. And what gives these little old, these, what makes these little old ladies in town think they have the right to say anything they want to? I wanted, you know, but you know, I just didn't. <laughs> well, I just, I, you know, I just didn't, I just looked at her. I actually just didn't say anything. I was in shock, really. But we can act in faith instead of acting on what we want to do. Acting on what our flesh says to do. We can just act in faith. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And that's the way with joy. We can just act on joy. Amen. Uh, turn over to uh, Romans 4.17. Let's look at that. Now I got some other... I, I really was... I have notes here to go on the ministry of the Holy Spirit number 4. But I just feel like the Lord wants us to say this tonight. Romans 14.17. Excuse me. It takes more faith to do this than it does the other. To go this way. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. This company that we work for, this company that we have joined ourselves to, that, that, that God sometimes instead of calling a company or a business, He calls it a kingdom. This kingdom that we have associated with, it's all made up of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Brother Hagin said, we knew how to walk in the righteousness and we know how to walk in the peace more than we know how to walk in the joy in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Turn over to Psalm 126. And, 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 and speaking about the righteousness. Oh, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. We'll go, we'll go back to that. Psalm 126. I don't want to change direction so many times I run over myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Psalm 126. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and reapeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. 
And so uh, he's talking there about having joy, that our mouth being filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. So much so that the heathens say about us, Lord's done great things for them. And then we say about ourselves, the Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. How many of you, the Lord done great things for you? How many of you are saved? He did something great for you if you're saved. How many of you baptized in the Holy Ghost? How many of you ever got healed of anything? Hallelujah. How many of you, oh, well, praise God. How many of you ever got a financial blessing? Amen. Glory to God. How many of you God ever used? That's such a privilege. That's such a blessing for God to use you in somebody else's life. And then he said, turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. You know, when, when we give, the time to give is when you got a problem. A lot of people are waiting for to get out of the problem so they can give. But he said, no, you sow in tears. When you got the biggest problem, you need to sow the biggest seed. When you've got the biggest, when you got a problem, when you got something you're believing for and you don't have the answer, that's when you sow. You sow in tears and then you reap in joy. And that's one of the things that we're going to have to do. Pastor's talking about how to get a full supply. If we're ever going to get over and get the reaping done, we're going to have to start acting on the fruit of the spirit of joy because you can't reap without joy. You can't reap crying. You can't reap while you're crying. No, you sow while you're crying. And we ought to act fast on this. I mean, the devil, boy, the devil sends bad news. I got a seed. Sow a seed. You got a, boy, an unexpected bill comes. Praise God, where's my bill fold? I'm going to sow a seed. And then Karen talked about this in the prayer room. Talk about that. Reaction time. You talked about that. Go ahead. Well, I was, um, Going to Nehemiah 8:10, where it says, let me read that to you real quick. It says um, in verse 10, then he said unto them, go your way and eat the fat and drink the sweet and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Then it says in verse 12, and all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions and to make great mirth because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. And I saw in verse 10 where it says that the joy of the Lord is your strength and how that joy, you're pulling off that joy. And I was telling the children this today that it's, a, it's something you do, minor adjustment of how you look, how you, how you walk, how you say things. That joy is your strength. You're pulling on that joy and strength comes from the Lord. And even I saw that. I saw the word of God working in them this morning. They came in dragging. But then I say, you know, you got to get excited. I'm talking about joy today. Get excited. You know, and they got excited. And then we start doing little muscles. You know, I'm strong. You know, and they, you could just see their countenance change and how the word was working. And then it says in the Bible in verse 12 that after they, God told them to eat. He told them to drink. He told them to go about your way. Do what you do for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And as they went about doing that stuff, that's when they got strength. They went about doing what God told them to do. And it says that they understood his words. So as we understand the word, we got confidence in God. That's where it comes from, knowing that God is going to come through. And I was saying that, you know, we got, we've got to be quicker responders. We've got to be, you know, how Miss Debbie, she's taught me many times, you know, when symptoms come, quickly say, hey, resist the devil. At the onset, I'm going to resist the devil. But then God quickened me. Even in daily situations, you've got to be the same way. You know, something comes, a bill comes. I'm not going to fret. I'm not going to let it soak in and look at my checkbook. How dare I go to my checkbook? 
you know, like, like I've done anything for myself all this way. How dare I look at me and say, how can I? I'm supposed to say no, no, you know, no, God, you know. And I told, I even say, I've told many people about um, filling my, my truck up because it's a difference in filling that up and filling my Acura up. But I said, God, I said, you told me to get this truck, you're going to fill it up. I said, you're going you're gonna to be, I'm not going to worry about this gas. I'm not going to risk, I don't care if gas is $3 a gallon, you're going to fill it up. You know, so you're going to have to make a way. And I just said, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fret. I'm going to be a quick responder to the word. And so I'm working on it. Every time something comes up, how fast can I respond to the word? Instead of letting it soak in and me marinating on and thinking about it and losing sleep, no, I'm going to respond to the word. So just, you know, that, that joy is your strength. And knowing that God will come through because he will always come through. Praise God. So being a quick responder. Hallelujah. Responding in joy and responding with that, boy, I tell you, not even, like she said, not even looking at your checkbook. How dare we say, I mean, that is the truth. How dare we say, how am I going to do this? That is an insult to Almighty God. How will I ever do this? That is an insult to God if you're a Christian. Hallelujah. Well, we all just repent right now, Lord, because we've all done it. We've all said it. We've all said it. I like that part where she was reading there in verse 12 when it says, uh, and all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions. That's what we're going to do next Sunday night, eat and drink. And, to, and send portions, still take an offering. Hallelujah. And to make great mirth. How, how, when's the last time you made great mirth? Some of you have never made great mirth. He's looking at me like, hmm. <laughs> make great mirth. Hallelujah. When's the last time you just laughed till you rolled? And it wasn't something on TV, some, some old ungodly something that made you laugh. You know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Made great mirth. I just feel like laughing right now. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Being a responder, like she made, she, told, she made the kids smile this morning, she said. Well, hallelujah. Well, so we ought to smile, shouldn't we? If the kids can do it, we ought to all smile. Everybody smile real big. <laughs> smile like you're smile like you're set the photog you're at the photographer. You know, it don't matter how you feel. I remember one time we got a family picture made and Eric was sick as a dog. We made him go anyway. You know? And, and but you know it don't matter how you feel if you're in front of the photographer, you know, because you know these pictures are gonna go down through eternity. I mean and, until Jesus comes back, these pictures, and they'll probably last through the millennium. We'll come back and say, man, did we look like that before we got our glorified body? Hallelujah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm preaching. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyway, so, I mean, I know he doesn't think I'm preaching, but this is preaching, y'all. And uh, But anyway, you don't matter how you feel, you're in the front of that photographer, you put on... So everybody in here put on your... I mean, even if it's plastic, just... Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's about as good as it gets, folks, right there. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Smile big. Okay. I'll let you go in a minute when it's time. <laughs> Praise God. I want to read to you from the Message Bible, this Psalm 126. It seemed like a dream, too good to be true, when God returned Zion's exiles. We laughed. We sang. We couldn't believe our good fortune. We, we were the talk of the nations. God was wonderful to them. God was wonderful to us. We are one happy people. And now God do it again. Bring rains to 
to our drought-stricken lives. So those who planted their crops in despair will shout hurrahs at the harvest. So those who went off with heavy hearts will come home laughing with armloads of blessing. How y'all like that? I like that. Anyway, there in Psalm 126, they sow in tears, they reap in joy. Verse 6, he that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless, without a doubt, without a doubt, come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. His harvest. His harvest. If you want a harvest, you got to sow a seed when the time is not right. You got to sow a seed when you feel the worst, you're the saddest, you got the biggest problems. You got to sow a seed. Most people don't think about seed sowing when they got a problem. More the kid got wonder what you know, your kid got hit by a car. Most people don't think, "Man, I'll sow a seed." No, they go up to the hospital and, and you don't see them in church for 4 or 5 weeks. Man, we ought to be like, "How can I get to the church and sow a seed?" He that goeth forth, I want you to remember this. The, the next time something hits you, what are you going to do? Sow a seed. And the Bible says you will come again rejoicing, bringing your harvest with you. Hallelujah. Ooh, I love this. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, Kevin, you can preach now. It wasn't preaching. No, um, Miss Debbie just reminded me of, um, you know, back to the camp meeting, um, you know, the place where we came up. Um, it was Monday. I always have my piano lessons on Monday. And when I'm not prepared, um, it just seems like just all of the underworld just breaks loose. And, <laughs> and you can feel it coming. You know you haven't done, you know what you haven't done, what you need to do. And you just pray, oh, oh Jesus, I need grace, I need mercy or something. Well, whatever. I, don't, I think God was somewhere else because she let me have it. <laughs> My teacher let me have it that day. And um, I really um, left not feeling my best. Uh, I, was, I was not. I was sad. I was sad. I really was. I was sad that I had disappointed my teacher, but I was sad that I had disappointed myself. And we had camp meeting that night, and I was thinking, oh, God, I'm driving to camp meeting. I'm thinking, oh, my God. You know, I'm just so sad. I'm just so, so sad. And then the Lord told me to start laughing. So at first it was like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, my God, if someone were in this car right now and they could see me or hear me, you know, I didn't believe myself. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 And all of a sudden something started bubbling up on the inside of me. And I could feel that joy that river of living water started springing up inside of me. And we came to the church and we sung. And that was the night um, that, our, that Brother Ross um, preached about, you know, the tithe. And he preached about increase. And he talked about seed time and harvest. And for some reason, the Spirit of God just came all over me. And I started, you know, weeping while he was preaching. And I knew in my spirit that I was supposed to sow. So I sowed in tears, <laughs> literal tears. And I reaped, I reaped the harvest of joy even before I got to the sanctuary. So the, it is true. I, I can testify. You sow in tears. You do reap in joy. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
praise God. Let's praise Him a moment. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you are Lord. Praise the name of the Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, glory, glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you for this kingdom, Lord, that we're in. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, I got one more thing, and I know this all kind of relates somehow, so turn to Ezekiel, and praise God. And then I, I, I know we're going to... That's a key. What we just gave you is a key to getting over in the fullness. I mean, all of those things that were coming forth, the joy, the sowing in tears, those are keys. And, you know, I know they're not coming like point A, point B, point C. They're coming different than that, but those are keys. But I want to give you another key tonight to getting over in the fullness. And that is it found here in Ezekiel 22, verse 30. And God said, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. And we know we live under a new covenant, and God's not, into the, God's not destroying in this covenant that we live under. But it's still the principle of God looks throughout the earth for someone to stand in the gap. And, and I know, uh, and it was truly the truth. A pastor and I had been sowing in tears. And, uh, and even Sunday night when we went home from church, even though we were in camp meeting, I was like Kevin. Sunday night I went home from church and I was sad. I was so sad. And and in and, and in the inside, and I that I did not sleep all night. I went to sleep at three o'clock in the morning, and then we had to come to camp meeting the next morning. And um, and the Lord spoke to me the next day at camp meeting. That night at camp meeting, He spoke to me and He said, "I am, you know what He told Abraham? I am your exceeding great reward." He said, I am your exceeding great reward. And that night at camp meeting, the Lord said, uh, Brother Ross said, you're in the middle of a miracle. And when he said that, that was, I just, I had my seed in my hand and I was waiting for the right time to put it up here. And I had my seed in my hand. And when he said that, I knew it was just, I knew that was the time. I was, I, you're in the middle of a miracle. And I put it up there. And, and, and so, and, and I got my joy back. And that night, we, Colin handed us an envelope. Most of you already know this, but I'll tell it again. I like to hear it. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I got some more I want to add to it. Uh, and Colin handed us an envelope and it had come to his house, 8738 Potomac Court, which we hadn't lived there in four and a half years. And, uh, uh, but he lives there now. And, uh, but so these people that we have not talked to, uh, personally talked to in five years, We've had emails from them because they're always forwarding things to us. Pastor even has, he, they're the ones that pastors referred to for, for forwarding us what we call Christian junk mail, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, that you go delete, you know. <laughs> and so that we had not heard from them in four and a half, five years, had not talked to them, hadn't seen them since 96. 
haven't seen him since 96, don't remember when we saw her last. And uh, we stopped at, Pastor Ross said he didn't want to go out to eat. We'd just go home. And so we went home. We stopped at Food World to get something, coffee made, I think. And uh, have to have that coffee made, you know. And <laughs> stopped there. Pastor went in. While he went in, I thought, I'm going to open this envelope. I opened this envelope. I opened the envelope. When he got in the back in the car, I said, a check for $9,000. Just wanted to bless you guys. Woo. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we gave that testimony, and Lisa said to me that night, she says, well, I've been praying for y'all's breakthrough. Can I stop now? And I said, no, because I want another one. I want another breakthrough. You know, how many of you know a lot of times you think, well, $9,000, but there was that big a need. You know, things had been Things had been crying out and saying, pay me, pay me, pay me. <laughs> and we had been telling the Lord. And so there was that kind of need there. So anyway, but hallelujah, he's the need meter. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway, I, I've been meditating on that. And I had, and then pastor tonight kind of got this started, so I'll just finish it up with this. I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me. And this is part of the key to you getting released. Is and we're going to do this tonight. But and he said something about Barry and Melissa. But God, I've been praying for Barry and Melissa breakthrough. I've been praying for y'all. Y'all are just who God laid on my heart. Now, what I want to say tonight is He wants every one of us to pick somebody in the church. This is what the Lord gave me. He wants you to pick somebody, another family in the church. And start praying, whoever God lays on your heart. Don't just say, well, I know everybody needs it, so I'm going to just pray for everybody. No, that won't be anointed. You've got to be led by the Spirit in your prayers. You don't have time to pray for everybody that's got a need in this earth. You do not, you, you know, you know. You don't. You got to be led by the Spirit on who to pray for every day. So I want you to, I want you to get somebody right now. I want you to let the Holy Spirit speak to you. We're going to take a minute. Can I finish? Or you want to go next? Okay. Amen. I just, um, when I was a farmer, we did something that was uh, a little bit unusual, and it just seems to fit right here. Um, on some years, we would, uh, a farmer, what he does is he waits for the rain, and when the rain comes, he comes in there and he busts out that wet bed, that, that furrow, he busts it out and puts that seed in that wet soil, and in five days, you got a crop up. But if you want to get a jump on the crop, you don't want to wait for a rain, you'll dry plant it. And you'll set that seed right in there on the top of the bed, and there's no, it's dry, it's dusty, and you wait for a rain. And as soon as the rain hits, you don't have to wait for it to dry out, you don't have to wait till you can get your equipment in. Sometimes it'll be 10 days, and then you get your planter in, and then it's four days from that. The day that the rain hits on that dry plant, you got a crop started. So... Um Everybody in here, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And we'll just take a minute here in a minute and we'll pray. And I want you to pick you out a family. And I want you to start praying for their breakthrough. And I don't want you to just pray once. I want you to, this is what the Holy Spirit wants you to do and I'm relaying it. Pray for, start praying for their breakthrough. And don't stop praying for their breakthrough till you hear about it. I mean, you just may get wind through the grapevine or something, but to, or you can see it or, you know, they're driving it or, you know, don't stop until you, you know, they've had a breakthrough. Amen. Amen. So we're going to be led by the spirit and you're going to be, we're going to all be standing in the gap for somebody. 
You know, the, one of the things we do wrong when we have situations in our lives is we get focused inward. We get our mind on self. Now, if you turn over to Job, and we'll finish this out, and then we're going to pray and, and believe God for who, who we're to stand in the gap for, for a breakthrough. Job chapter 42. Because see, and this goes back to the Psalm 126 about him turning their captivity. Psalm Job 42.10, it says, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. You know, he didn't get his situation turned around until he quit talk, talking and thinking about himself and he started praying for the other people. And you know, there's everybody in here needs a breakthrough of some kind. Maybe it's not a financial breakthrough. Maybe it's a healing breakthrough. Maybe it's a breakthrough with their children. But there's a breakthrough. By, everybody in here needs a breakthrough of some kind. And some of, them, some of us need three or four breakthroughs. Amen. Some of us need three or four in the same area. I mean, we could break through four times financially and we'd still be, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So let's pray tonight. Hallelujah. Come on up, Kevin, and we'll see, because I've about preached myself out of a... I've about given everything I had inside me. Thank you, Jesus. But the Holy Ghost might not be through, but let's just come on up and let's pray. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. And then, you know, we can, um, we can smile or we can laugh or have, have great mirth or we can do something. We'll let one of you preach. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Or when you, you want something from God. And, and a lot of people don't know this, but you got to get God's attention. You say, well, no, no, he sees everybody and he knows everything that's going on. That's right, he does, but that's not how he operates. Because he's looking throughout the whole earth and he's looking for somebody in faith. And that's why when you've got a need, you've got to get his attention by that seed or something. You've got to have some way to get God's attention. And, uh, and uh, some of you aren't getting God's attention. The Bible, uh, uh, not the Bible, but Smith Wigglesworth, I think it was, that said this. It says, God will jump over a million people to get to one person in faith. And you know, you say, well, no, he's looking at everybody. Yeah, but he jumps over the million to get to somebody in faith. Somebody, I tell you what, somebody that's out there. I mean, they're, they've got his attention. Hallelujah. And you know, one thing that gets his attention is that sowing of seed. That, boy, I tell you, when you are, I tell you, sitting home whining and begging don't get his attention. It don't get his attention. Laughing and joy and responding in faith, that gets his attention. Hallelujah. Praying for others, that gets his attention. Speaking the word gets his attention. The Bible says he... He hastens over His Word to perform it. That means He gets in a hurry to perform His Word. And one time, long, long time ago, many years ago, the Lord said to me, Debbie, I said something about you hasten over your Word to perform it. And He said, Debbie, you're not putting out enough Word for me to, you're not putting enough Word out for me to perform anything. That was a wake-up call. I mean, that's what He said in my heart. 
And so speaking his word, that gets his attention. But sometimes we need to even, sometimes we've, we, we, we've gotten even in a rut in speaking his word. There's more to it. There's more to it than just the word. There's more to this faith thing than just the word. There's the Holy Spirit side of this faith thing. There's the being led side. Hallelujah. So we need to get his attention. Everybody smile. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Smile like you're smiling at Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, we went to uh, Branson and Yakov Smirnoff, the Russian comedian, he, uh, he, he had a painting that he had painted. He's also a painter. And I, the most wonderful picture of Jesus, I've never seen one I like so much. And it was just like this. He was just... I mean, he had his mouth. I'm, I'm not pretty like Jesus with my mouth open, but he was just laughing. He had his head thrown back. He was just laughing. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I tell you, I knew that man knew Jesus. I knew that you couldn't paint a picture like that. Oh, you could paint some old religious thing with some old long-haired guy with a lamb in his arm, and you could paint something like that, sad. And, and you know, that the person that paints that probably don't know Jesus. Either that or just swallowed up in religion. But I knew that Yaakov Smirnoff, when I saw that picture, I said, this guy knows Jesus. He knows the Jesus we know. Because you couldn't have that kind of revelation to paint. And it was a good painting. It was a good painting. I, in fact, I've been thinking of how we could buy one to hang in this church, actually. I've been trying to think how, how we could buy the pit, one of his pictures to hang in this church. One of those pictures of Jesus. I've never wanted a picture of Jesus. If you, send, if you, buy, me a, anything, if you buy me a picture of Jesus for Christmas, I'll tell you I'll send it to the Salvation Army. Because I don't hang pictures of Jesus. I don't like any of them. But I like that one. Amen. Because it's because I knew he knew him. I knew he knew him. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I want you to smile like you're smiling at Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. What do y'all want to do now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, how many of you feel like laughing? Two people in the room. Three people feel like laughing. Hallelujah. Well, let's start. Okay, we're going to start like Kevin started. Okay, ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. Ha 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 